The following presentation of the Eric McKenna Project is sponsored by No One. Hello, you're listening to the Eric McKenna Project. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Good to see you. Yeah. Thanks, thanks. so much for doing this. Thank you. Let's uh let's crack this open. Uh, I have questions. Yeah. I have questions. First off, again, thank you so much for being here. That thanks means for a lot. Us. Yeah. yeah. This, I'm. Uh, you say so, or, the word safari to me, being the big chicken that I kind of am that doesn't talk about that. But you say the word safari to me, it doesn't take me long to be interested because that's like, and Katie mentioned to me, uh, I was almost eight nine months ago yeah. a year ago mm-hmm. i'm like how do we get them on this show and she goes well they run safaris eric they're not really around all the time <laughs> i said well next week i don't even know if they're in town <laughs> uh how are you both doing good 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 it's been a it's been a trip to get you but i've enjoyed it and yeah, so obviously just, love being here so yeah. you just landed yes and yeah. you, you off camera you were telling me it was quite the uh flight yeah, you know, it takes me roughly from Johannesburg to, to get just to the States is about 16 and a half hours, straight flight, without a stop, so it's quite a long way. Huh? 16, I want to pull this mic closer to you, hold on one sure. second. We're good, it's all fluid, we're live, let's make sure I can hear you. Sure. You can sit right where you're at. Okay. There we go. Perfect. Right. 16 hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how do you survive that plane? Uh, jeez, a couple beers, I guess. A uh, couple, keep, 16 yeah. hours? 16 That's the hours. first hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just, um, yeah, you try to work a bit and so on, um, just, just, you're not wasting time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also a good, good time to relax and also reset, um, especially with not having too much contact for that time, you know, with social media taking over and all that kind of stuff. We're always on our phones, so right. you lose touch with your, uh, I guess, doing introspective stuff. Um, so just looking at where you're sort of going, planning, that kind of stuff. That's how I pass the time. Now, both of you are photographers, yep. and that's a whole other uh, huge excitement for me, just looking at the photos. <laughs> I just, I mean, folks that can really do it well, Yeah, that's always like, wow. But um, naturally, it, it, naturally, photography dovetails in, into, into a safari, the whole concept of a safari. But, I mean... The photos, some of those photos. They're amazing, that's how uh, I met Kyle. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I didn't meet Kyle through Jen. Actually, I did, physically. But <laughs> I saw him, <laughs> well, wait, wait for it. <laughs> I met in person. A little slow, a little, a little slow. <laughs> I met in person. I, I know what you meant. Um, but I saw that he was friends with a bunch of people on Instagram and I'm like, who's this guy? And I brought him, and I messaged you, I said, these photos are incredible. Yep, thank you. That so let's unpack this a little bit. Um, I we're not an interview show. We're just going to go here. People are going to we're going to point them at the end of the show to you, of course. But the photography thing. So was the the photography thing had to have come first in your life, right? Yeah, for me, it's it's. I think it started with me pretty much. Yes. Um, just I, I was a game ranger. I started out like that, so I used to work at safari lodges um, in the Kruger National Park in South Africa. Right. Um, and I sort of just self-taught. Uh, I took it, I took an interest in it because you're out there and I always wanted to show family, friends what I was up to. So I got into it and as, as you progress, it just gets better and better and it's literally become an obsession for me. 
it's just showing people the incredible wildlife that we have to offer and right. that's still around and it also you know with species extinction and so on it's such a good way to educate people as well you right. know gets it out there not everybody has the ability to go on a safari so by using social media and showing off these animals it creates awareness as well so that's sort of my goal behind it so you almost fell into it yeah pretty much and how about yourself um actually i didn't really get into it until i went on safari with kyle yeah that's how we met at the lodge that he was working at mm-hmm. well the photos are unbelievable that Thank he's you, much you, better than that i am that would never <laughs> that would never show that would never show Oh, thank God for telephoto lenses, huh? Because oh, yeah. some of those photos are just a little bit too close for comfort. Uh, <laughs> some of them have been pretty close. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I didn't, I didn't exactly zoom in on everything. Eh? <laughs> so what was the sketchiest? It had to be a couple sketchy moments right? oh, on, on the photography end. On the photography end of it in the bush, I mean, it's always just depends on how far you're going to push it um, without disturbing. And how far do you push it? Uh, depends on how far you're allowed to push it. It depends. Yeah, <laughs> it depends on how far the, the guys on the ground where I'm at will let me go. Um, and obviously, I'm always taking into account that I don't want to put anybody else at risk um, or upset that animal because that's unethical to me. Right. So I try and focus on the ethical side of it. So I, I, I never ever photograph caged animals, trained animals, right. nothing like that. It's completely wild, uh, and that's where I like to keep it. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just. Uh, it's like I have this affinity for elephants ever since I was young, yeah. you know, and that's just been just been my, that's been the the animal that I guess I dig the most. Yeah, my dogs get mad at me. I'll slap my dog, <laughs> but but ultimately, uh, I've always had that dream of like, what would it be? What would it take outside of going to the zoo and, and photographing mm-hmm. elephants? And so I, when I see creatures that big yeah you can learn about them in school when you're young you can see them on the tv show you can see them you can experience them but you really can't experience no not until you're right next to them no for sure yeah i mean it's it's it puts you in in a space in a mental space that's just so far out because it's it's this incredibly wise creature you know they remember so many things they can actually identify people after years apart by smell so it's they actually remember individuals so so when you see like an animal like a gorilla recognize Mm -hmm. someone that isn't all just made for television stuff that really is the truth Mm -hmm. yeah it's the real it's the real thing really yeah wow wow (laughs) does this work with humans <laughs> well, if I don't like if I don't like you anymore. I just changed my perfume. <laughs> is that, I guess that's kind of how it works. I guess I don't know. Okay, um, how did you two meet? On safari, On safari in yeah. March of 2019. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was my first trip to Africa. All right. Mm-hmm. Did you go alone with my parents? Okay. It was a family trip. Yeah. It was just it, no, but your bio indicates that you've done a heck of a lot of traveling in your yes. life. Yes, so that wasn't your I've first. Always, was your, your no. first trip? It was to my Africa. first trip. Yes, to Africa. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. And so now I've stopped traveling elsewhere, and I'm focusing on Africa. All now right. that we have the safari company, Does that understand? Yes. Understand. Mm-hmm. So, is it just a curious thing with you? I mean, is it curiosity that makes you want to travel as much? I don't travel. I have the opportunity. I love to, traveling. So when when I hear someone that loves it, yeah, I'm fascinated I love by that other cultures and i love walking around cities and yeah, yeah. i don't know i just you, i love travel you don't think you're just a bunch of old buildings that need to paint job <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm sorry no, i mean you know i know some people really enjoy it and i respect that now the wilderness is totally different but yeah, yeah. to go like to like you know i mean i've done it i, I, I get I, yeah. I get bored if i'm here too long so, yeah no. i've been back since august and i'm already bored so yeah, Three but months. I mean, if you go to like 
you know, you go to Rome. Rome's cool, but there's no yeah. like, but there's yeah. no lions walking around no. the street. No. At least not in our age. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys met on a safari. Yep. Um, and and how long did the idea of like partnering up and, and well, then we went it? on um a trip that was March and that October was our first trip together. We to went Tanzania. to Tanzania yeah. to do the wildebeest yep. migration. What, what year was this? 2019. Okay. And then he was working for another company, photography company. Right. That's when I started to get into photography. Well, yeah, I was, I was freelancing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then okay. we kept traveling. And then we did some gorillas, chimpanzees, Rwanda and Uganda. Yeah, yeah. Rwanda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the beginning of last year is when we really cooked up this idea to... Yeah, I figured it's in the middle of pandemic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got you got stuck here, right? Yeah. yeah, just short of six months. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't get back, so they had a lot of time. You got stuck here. I got actually stuck here during the pandemic. Yeah, fantastic. I know. I learned a lot about you guys on the side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see what happened during that year. Let's see, crazy election, yes. <laughs> bunch of wild people fighting with each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah it crazy. was very, very informative for me. <laughs> yeah. Americans are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you were stuck here during the pandemic. Yeah. 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 And then actually we, we left here in, was it August? Yeah, it was the end of August. End of August. And then um, headed to Tanzania and I was actually meant to come back and got to Amsterdam and I couldn't get on the flight back. It's when you guys really closed down again. Yeah. So I actually got stuck in Ireland for, for 18 days. 17 days. Yeah. yeah. In Dublin. And then oh, during the that's, lockdown, that's, that's not a bad gig. Oh, it was locked down there too. Well, it was fun. It's well, never locked I mean, down the Irish, now, Irish never really locked anything down. <laughs> Just the key to the whiskey. <laughs> remember, that's what they every when evening. Linda came. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you were stuck in Dublin for what? About two weeks? Uh, just short yeah, of three. Yeah, seventeen days. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then man. he went back to Africa, and this is the first time he's been able to come here. Yeah. This since week. Since. Mm. Yeah. Because wow. we just opened our borders. Yeah, yeah. as in like two days ago, huh? Yeah. Two, three days Monday. ago. Monday, yeah. So I would imagine you were you were stuck here, but you, were, you weren't able to really see much of... Oh, no, we oh, traveled. No, we did stuff. Okay. Yeah, so we, went, we traveled. We went to Wyoming, oh, Montana. Right on. Oh, yeah. that's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. I think they're headed to Yellowstone, right? Yeah, we're headed to Jackson Hole on Monday. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Step Stepdaughter just came back from there. She loves oh, it there. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Stunning. Uh, yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's it's just it's beautiful on a different level, like especially I, I mean I, I particularly like the Grand Tetons. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think with the wildlife in that area and the scenery, there's not much that matches it. I mean I've really? seen some pretty cool places. Wow, really? That's saying it's, it's, something. It's picturesque. It's it's incredible. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, you have the you have the photographers bent as well too, yeah. so mm-hmm. your eye is going to look at it differently. I would think though, with all the places you've been, especially with the types of animals you have seen, it's a pretty tall statement. Yeah, no, you know, it's... I sort of grew up with it. So oh, the you safari, take it for granted? Yeah, no, I wouldn't say I take it for granted. I think you just get used to things that are always there. Okay. Um, I've been going to national parks since the age of two with my parents. I've been going to the Kruger National Park since I, could, I couldn't even walk. Um, you know, as a little kid... You know, just it's passion. Yeah, you know, it was it, it was ingrained with me with my parents. So well, talk yeah. to me about that park. So, what well, Kruger National yep. Park? Okay, so it's roughly I think it's about three million hectares, if I'm not mistaken, um, and it's it's a border it's a border with Mozambique, southern mm-hmm. Mozambique. So it, there's a transfrontier that goes through, so animals can move freely between the countries. Um, and if if you look at it, it's it's unique from the sense that it's got so many different environments within one area. You know, there's like uh, savannas, forests, riverine, but the way you have to look at it is that it's one of the last refuges in southern Africa 
especially within South Africa, that's not fenced completely. Like, what do you mean? So most game parks now are actually fenced. In I didn't Africa. know that. Yeah, private game reserves are fenced there. Eh? Um, so it's open, and it opens up into a wider conservation area called the Great Greater Kruger. Okay. Um, and with that, you know, the, with allowing animals to move freely and so on, it helps with the genetics, so on and so forth okay. with, with these animals. So you're not closing them off. Um, you're actually allowing free movement. Yeah. Hmm. And so, like, our national—we have national parks yes. here. Yeah. Is that considered a nationalized yes, park? There. Yes, it's a national park. Okay. Um. Hmm. And you said that the animals move freely. Yeah. So bo- between borders. Between borders, um, there are fences in place to stop uh, human wildlife conflict. Which um, I don't know if you know much about that, but in Africa, it's a it's a big recurring problem. Talk to me. So you're often finding that with with population expansion and so on, we're moving into wilder areas. We're starting to put pressure on on these animals. By taking away that natural environment, you're essentially taking away something's food source. So by by farming it on the on the borders of a national park. You're inviting trouble, so we have to put things into place to stop that conflict. Okay. So, for instance, relocation of animals, mm-hmm. stopping people from getting too close to the borders of these parks, and then most of the time, it's actually happening happening more in East Africa because there isn't. I don't think there's as much control, mm-hmm. you know, from bo- from a border perspective. I mean, okay, you can pretty much move through the parks there as you feel. Yeah. So again, it's the typical man versus animal. Circumstance again, yeah, yeah, and it is fascinating to me that the animals can move freely between borders. Yeah, um, but it, hmm. So how does that manage then between countries like that? Sure, I mean it takes it takes a collective effort, huh? Yeah. A lot of research, a lot of man hours. You've got to you've got to really be on top of it. Um, it's essentially why I didn't go into research. I think it's too much work. <laughs> <laughs> not enough pay. Too it's much. Not work. As, it's not as exciting as photography, anyways, no, right? Not. 100%. Yeah, so, I mean, we've got what we call transfrontier parks. Okay. So it's, it's movement that between across border, um, and essentially it just allows genetic variation and so yeah, on to happen. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. It's more natural. Oh, no question. Mm-hmm. No question. The, I don't know how to phrase what I want to say. The, how, I, the, the park itself. Yeah. Can you can you go through the park into that country? Yes, you can actually drive through. There's a border post between Mozambique and South Africa, right in the northern corner. Okay. Um, it's actually quite unique on the Limpopo River. Okay. There's actually three countries that that meet. So it's Mozambique, Zimbabwe, and South Africa. Okay. And you can stand within the Kruger National Park yeah, and watch a, right. watch a cattle boy come I've, across from Mozambique. I've seen photos <laughs> of that. Yeah, that's 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 what I suspected. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's very cool. The uh, types of animals that you have photographed. Let's talk about them. Sure. Jen, kick us off there. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the gorillas and the chimpanzees. Let's talk about those. Lots of monkeys. Yeah. Um, now, you said you just recently did that, right? That was February. That was right before the lockdown, February 2020. Yes, of 2020. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. And that was fun. But you're like hiking through jungle. the forest, jungle, yeah. chasing after. You said that was in Tanzania? No, uh, Rwanda. Rwanda. Uganda. I'm sorry, Rwanda. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's set the stage here. Okay, so you're you're literally you're literally walking through the jungle, yeah. and there's carrying your big camera, and you're chasing, and the ground is slippery. It's tough. It's, it's tough. tough going. It's yeah. tough going. Altitude. I mean, uh, these animals are not living at low altitudes, um, especially the gorillas. Um, Volcanoes National Park in Rwanda. Okay. Uh, which is on the border of the Congo. 
Um, right. So, yeah, the Congo is right. It's a pretty wicked place to be. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you look across certain areas and you know what's happening in the Congo. And it's close. <laughs> a little is sketchy. Where, um, yeah. <laughs> Diane Fossey uh-huh. worked. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yes. Now, are there rules? Like, what are the... And what do they suggest you do or not do when you encounter? Well, you only are allowed to... You hike till they find the gorillas, and then you're only allowed to be there for an hour. Okay. Mm. And there's guards and... They're managing it, so you're not going up and touching them. Right, right. Well, yeah, yeah. They come up to you with yes. being curious and so on. Um, I mean, you had some pretty cool experiences. Like, yeah. you had more of an I experience. I got pushed than I by a little baby really? one. Really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I didn't fall over, but he came and mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. No, pretty intimidating too. Mm-hmm. It, so, did Hollywood just make gorillas out to be mean? Yes. Like, because you see, like the movies and the teeth, and they're they're right. I mean, can a gorilla attack? It can. Oh, yeah. yeah. It felt threatened, naturally. Yeah, They're not a natural predator in that regard. They're just, if they feel threatened. They're actually vegetarians most of the time. Wow. Okay. Well, actually, I think gorillas 100% of the time are vegetarian, um, where chimpanzees will cross feed. So they will hunt as well. What's the difference between a gorilla and a chimpanzee? Uh, size. Um, yeah. There's actually quite a lot. So diet, where they live, um, altitude-wise. Okay. Um, social structures. Um, if you're looking at social structures, they do move within groups. So chimpanzees will all sort of communicate through the forest. Uh, where oh, gor- really? Yeah, where gorillas are actually specific family groups. So chimpanzees will have a wider family structure, and gorillas are quite specific to that's interesting to who mm-hmm. they're with. Yeah. Huh. Now there's a bone structure difference too, like visually, yeah, man, right? That's yeah, size. yeah, yeah, yeah. Size okay. is massive. So what? Chimpanzees naturally smaller, and gorillas. Yeah. But, but there's so many breeds of gorillas, though, right? I mean, so there's two. There's just two. Yeah, two. Low, okay. Lowland and mountain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what's the visual differences? Uh, so facial structure, bone structure. They actually, um, so the length of their fur and so on is also different. Okay. To hair. adapt to yeah. the climate. Yes. Yeah. Because lowland, obviously, it's a lot more humid. They've got they're moving through swampy areas. Um, in Odzala National Park in the Congo, they they actually feed on a lot of like water plants, like lilies and so on. So they will also eat like that. And the mountain gorillas are mainly feeding on on high altitude bamboo. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Bamboo, a lot of like nettles and so on. That's what they really like. So you have to cover up nicely when walking through the jungle. Oh. It gets a bit prickly. Prickly, prickly nettles. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. And, I, I ran those once in my life and never want to run into this again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Is there still new. ongoing research like through, does, does she have a foundation there? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She does. So there's still. And who are we talking observe? about? Diane Fancy. Uh, okay. Yeah, so there's a lot of um, you can actually go visit the site where you know where she did her, most of her mm-hmm. work. Right. Um, there's now a brand new museum that's going up in Kigali, which okay. is the capital of Rwanda. Right. Um, that's correct, right? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. Kigali. <laughs> um, and so you can get involved. So once a year, the Rwandan government actually holds a naming day for all the new gorilla babies that have been born within the family groups. That's cool. Oh yes. yeah, that's yeah. very cool. Yeah. So there's naming day within Rwanda for the gorillas. It's a, oh, it's, that's it's, very it's, their, cool. it's their pride and joy. You know, they're protected with their lives. And it's a very, very important conservation effort because there's not a lot of them left. Wow. Yeah. Hearing you talk about it in real life, it puts a a gravity that you just don't get from a television show or even like a magazine. It's just, it's it's different. It's a lot different when you sit really and think about it. Very (laughs) different. Well, and I imagine seeing and experiencing it's the whole other level, right? They're intimidating, eh? Yeah, it's a big animal. You know, we, I mean, we were sitting on a path, and as the family group moves, you're following them through the forest or the jungle. 
um, and have a have a silverback gorilla come next to you, you feel very, very small. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there's a couple big linemen here that also would be a little bit scared of a gorilla. <laughs> a silverback gorilla, why, again, probably just Hollywood, like why did they get that vicious... They are aggressive. They're very protective over their family structures. I mean, you'd be protective over your family. Right. You know, we say, we, we're sharing such close DNA and genetics with them. Um, when the, I mean, a chimpanzee, I think, is only it's 98%. So if you're looking at gorilla, I think it's roughly 96%, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, so we're very similar. So when family's under threat or Got feels it. threatened, you know, dad reacts and protects uh, no, the family. No doubt. Yeah. And you say that they are primarily vegetarians or they are vegetarians? I, w- I would say gorilla is probably 100%, yeah. 100% vegetarian. Wow. That, that, I did not know that. I've never heard of gorillas actually f- feeding on anything else besides plants, yeah. Huh. See? It's like it's so educational. I can't. I can't get over it. You feel so mentally small. Things I should. I probably should have learned that in grade school. Mentally. Yeah, mentally small. Yes, yes, yes. Mentally small. And then we move on. Uh, yes. Yeah, so okay, gorillas. Talk about other animals you have been recently experiencing. Well, tell them of the um, elephant picture you just took. Or, I don't know if you just took it or you're about to share I don't know. It. I can't remember when I took it. It was, it was um, about a while ago. Oh, it was quite a while ago. Uh, this year, though. I think this year. Yeah. Um, I actually got the opportunity to get out of the safari vehicle with a bull elephant. Um, obviously, staying close for, for safety and, and just reading the situation with my fellow guide who was with me and, right. and Jen on the vehicle. Um, and I managed to to actually have him walk towards me it's it's a pretty incredible photograph yeah he wasn't he was probably from me to the wall away yeah a bull elephant a bull uh-huh. elephant yeah and, and you were down on the you were down down on the ground looking yeah. up yeah it's awesome yeah and you weren't even remotely scared about that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me not be tough. Yeah, it's intimidating. <laughs> no, it's intimidating. Um, but but because I've, I've been trained in game ranging and being a field guide and now being a private guide, so that's my official title, private right. guide and wildlife photographer, right. um, you, you learn animal behavior. We are humans. We would also make mistakes, but you can read the general gist of an animal. If he's relaxed or not, um, am I too close? Is he going, am I in his way? You know, they've got certain structures or show me signs. Um, mm-hmm. So if, for instance, if he starts really moving and he steps forward at you, it, it, it's good. you're going to see it. You're going to feel that presence. It's just, yeah, it, it has to be an unbelievable feeling. It's something that big that's live. That's, yep. you know it's different than being you see them in the zoo anybody mm-hmm. can go to the zoo and see them but I mean to yes, be there's a fence <laughs> there's yeah. a, there's a between you there's a fence or a wall or something I yes. stay in the vehicle I don't get out of the vehicle <laughs> yeah see, that, that's you got your foot on the gas yeah <laughs> <laughs> see you Kyle <laughs> Wait, um I, it might not be the right kind of train but have you experienced like hippos yes okay uh, yeah so that's one animal that I'd, I'd never take a chance with. You know, hippos That's are, where hip- I want to go. They're aggressive, right? Oh, it, yeah. It's the animal in Africa that kills the most people second to the mosquito. Wow. Yeah. So the Anopheles mosquito. <laughs> That's a fun yeah. fact. <laughs> Look at his face. Uh, well, I, mean, no, I mean, like, I mean, I've watched a few documentaries. I mean, they, they fascinate me because the you think of a hippo being this lumbering, kind of like a, you know, like an elephant lumbering along, but... That jaw. Oh yes. my god! I mean, like, yeah, it's 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 a big animal, and they actually are not slow at all. They, it's a lot faster than than we could move. 
Um, I think uh, we'd have to do the conversion, but roughly 40 kilometers an hour. So that'd be roughly 20 miles an hour, I'd say, mm-hmm. that they move. So you're going to get outrun by a hippo. Oh, 100% any day of the week. Yeah, see, that's horrifying. They can open that jaw opens so wide. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, it just it clamps down. That's horrifying. Yeah. That's way <laughs> more frightening than an alligator. Like, I've seen a lot. You watch it. I don't know. An yeah, alligator, I, I mean, the teeth scare you, but just this pure size of a hippopotamus. Is There's massive. some pretty big uh, crocs out there, too. Oh, Joe. Some giants. Oh, really? Oh, ancient, yeah. ancient beasts eh? of the Mara River and uh, the northern Serengeti, Tanzania. Um, between the uh, sort of on the border between Kenya and Tanzania, okay. um, it's where the famous wildebeest migration happens. Right, um, and ninety percent of that's taking place within Tanzania, mm-hmm. and roughly ten percent just across the border in the Maasai Mara in Kenya. Um, those crocodiles <laughs> are probably some of the scariest things that I've ever seen in my life. They they almost lose color, so they actually don't know what the oldest crocodile is because there's so many of them in this river that feed once a year and then disappear. Wow. They actually go into like a semi sort of hibernation state and just wait for the wildebeest to cross that river once a year. That's wow. insane. Yeah. And you, you're there for that all mm-hmm. the time, right? You like that. Yeah, we've done three yeah. crossing seasons. Um, so talk, back up for a second. Yeah. Bring, bring me up to speed here. When you say crossing seasons, the wildebeests are coming. Is it an annual pilgrimage, so, mm-hmm. sort of, so yes. to speak? Yeah. And the predator lays in wait for that moment. For the opportunity, yeah. Yes. It's, it's literally waiting. So how this migration actually works is that they're following the rain, so seasonal rain. The Serengeti is so big that right. they actually, they're moving the whole time. It's a continuous cycle. So okay. they'll be in the southern, uh, southern Serengeti roughly from sort of January through March. Um, and that's where they give birth. And then the youngsters have got to carry on. And they go up the Western Corridor. They cross the Grumeti River, I think it is. Um, and that's where that's the first challenge for these youngsters, for the for the little ones. Then they've got to go up north. They cross the Mara River into Kenya. Then they have to cross back and then go back south. So, and you know, it's it's an annual migration of of over a million animals. Wow! It's a million wildebeest that are that are essentially traveling together. And zebras. And zebra, yeah. That has to be something to see, though. It's, it's absolutely wild. insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. that has to be something. So, I mean, so the zebras are mixed in there. Yes. Yeah, they're the troublemakers. Why? Because they'll <laughs> you'll be sitting there waiting for all these wildebeest to cross, and then one zebra will decide, I don't want to cross here, and he'll turn around, and then all the wildebeest will follow him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That makes it a little difficult for <laughs> photographers, I'd imagine, too. Yes. What, yeah. the, the wildebeest, what family of animal is that? So it's, it's actually its own unique. Is um, it? So it would be similar to a cow. I mean, if you look at its structure, okay, um, you know, it's got an udder. It's you know, right. the, yeah, it's got a hoof. Um, so it's it's similar. It's it's almost like a wild cow, but it's not it's not as close like a buffalo would be to a cow. Okay, it's, it's quite a unique animal. Yeah. Okay. We always say that God put wildebeest together with all the leftover parts because if you look at it, nothing makes sense. <laughs> That's a good way to say it. Yeah. It's got a, the horse of a tail. It's got a, it's got a beard underneath. It's got really funny little horns. It's was all the leftover parts. <laughs> <laughs> you made a lot of them. Yeah, too many. Uh-huh. And there's actually quite a, quite a variation of wildebeest from area to area and country to country. They're not all the same. What's the differentiation? So visually. Visually, um, so color and color, yeah. really, yeah. So in the in the Serengeti, for instance, it's called a white bearded wildebeest because of, of underneath it's white. Right. South Africa, it's either the brindled or blue. 
And then we've also got one, those ones, the horns are coming out the side of the head. Right. Where in the central part of South Africa, we've got black wildebeest as well, where the horns come out the front and they're slightly smaller. Yeah. Oh, that's also a wildebeest. I thought that was a different animal. Yeah. So it comes out the front like this and the other ones come out. Oh, like okay. So, yeah. so educational. <laughs> I can't believe this. This came from you. I can't believe it. <laughs> no, I can't believe it. This is incredible. I'm going to bring things to you. It's just whether sure. I can handle it or not, right? Okay. Um, go back to the alligator circumstance for a second because because yeah. when i said that i wasn't being dismissive but i compared to the size of a hit i was looking at a size thing but yeah. the the alligators it was pretty horrifying what you said they you said they lay in wait for the wildebeest and oh, they yeah. you said they, they turn colors they camouflage themselves no no, no so actually from sun exposure because they get so old so if you look at a nile crocodile um, okay. and the, these are nile crocodiles right. um <clears throat> and if you if you look at it when they're born because they need to be camouflaged they've got little spots and they're more of like a sort of greeny yellowish color okay and as you get older bigger stronger and you lie in the sun and bake being a reptile it needs to warm up it's cold-blooded so right. as it's as it's baking they actually start losing that green color and start tu- turning more of like a brown into like almost right. like a black oh that dark okay wow. dark, dark dark okay that's yeah. scary yeah no it's intimidating yeah <laughs> now do they help me understand how how they operate they they are also in packs too or are they independent um so due to like if you look at an alligator an american alligator if you look at the teeth they're quite round and mm-hmm. they also roll you know so they're swallowing a lot of their food so crocodiles will so for instance make a kill let's say one of the wildebeest are crossing and it managed to slatch on normally drown it and then stash it and wait for it to so sort of teeth start. aren't really cutting it they're actually no. holding it and then it's drowning hold, it that's hold, holding and drowning okay that's how they kill mm-hmm. that and that's how they they get their food so that's the crocs the crocs okay yeah and um yeah so what they'll do is they'll stash these wildebeest because they'll make multiple kills as the because they don't all cross in one go got it it's sort of oh bob's gonna cross tomorrow and his family's coming behind <laughs> these guys got left over there so they'll cross in two days and then it rains in the south and then they cross so they don't just cross one time it's multiple times got for it. that section which is what june through october october yeah, yeah. Wow. so during that time they're crossing back and forth as the rain's confusing them because now it rains on the southern side of the river mm-hmm. and it's raining in the north and these guys got are back it. and forth so there's multiple kills happening on a daily basis okay what they'll then do is in the beginning of the scene is normally better for that because the crocs are hungry i mean they haven't eaten for a year you know so wow they're making a kill and then coming together and working together as almost as a team to break down this food so they'll one will hold here another will go here and he'll turn he'll do his death roll pull off a chunk amazing another croc will come in and then they just sort of rotate through the carcasses yeah now that behavior is that also similar how american alligators or crocodiles would would the same thing is it how's it different i think it's to do with population um numbers in specific areas you know a lot of crocodiles vary in their diet as well in southern tanzania in uh, the salu okay which is now just changed to a nyerere national park um, it's actually one of the biggest parks in Africa, if I'm not mistaken. It is the biggest park in Tanzania. And there they mainly feed on catfish. They actually don't hunt, really hunt mammals. So the oh, diet and the, the color, varia- color variations, it's completely different. Yeah. Well, they're, if they can catch a catfish, because you would think a fish could move faster than a croc, right? Which, oh, well, crocodiles are pretty apparently quick, eh? not. That's <laughs> yeah. what's horrifying. They're, yeah. they're moving at a pretty good clip. I mean, yeah, see, that's the... You always, you know, whether you go to Florida and you golf or you, you're around um, the canals, you're always worried they're going to crawl oh, yeah. up there. But you, you look at them and you say, ah, I can outrun that son of a no. bitch. You know what I mean? Mm. But 
<laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want to get, uh-uh. get They're actually surprisingly but... fast on land. I mean, when last did you see a crocodile run? It's very, very intimidating. They move okay. incredibly fast. Can they outrun a human? They're going to catch you if they want to. Really? Oh, yeah. But most of the time, you're only seeing that explosive speed when they're trying to look for cover with water. They, okay. they, they, they Because they... Yeah, I can't remember now what the word was, but they sort of, they, they're hiding and, and laying in wait. So crocodiles will actually learn human behavior, especially in Africa because of water. Okay. So back to the hippos on that point quickly. Um, that's where the, the the conflict comes in is over water because obviously the hippos in the water. Right. And when do people go fetch water? Okay. Morning and evening. Got it. When you need it because it lasts you the day and then the night. And at those times, the hippos are either leaving or coming back from grazing. So and they're meeting in the middle. Mm-hmm. So the hippo panics, goes into the water, you get in the way, unfortunate for you. <laughs> uh, now, the, the hippo, Yeah. so obviously a croc and an alligator are carnivores. Yes. A hippo is not, right? But they will, if they're intimidated. So we've, we've heard only really, there's a couple areas that I've only heard of this behavior taking place in South Luangwa and Zambia. South Luangwa is... Um, it's a national park in Zambia. Okay. And there it gets really, really dry. So the water sources dry up. There's no food. And it's been known that bull hippos will feed on carrion as well. So anything that's died in that area to supplement their diet, they will actually feed on meat. But it's not something that they hunt, hunt mm. per se. So they won't go out and hunt. They'll rather eat grass because that's what they do. So mm. moving up to like 30 kilometers a night, you know, in a big round circle. Um, but if if a big bull needs that nutrition, he will go and he will feed. Yeah, but it will be dead. He's not going to kill something and eat it. It's kind of how if you hot dogs, you know, we'll eat them. <laughs> like there's nothing else in the kitchen. I'll make one of those sons of bitches, but I really don't want to eat it. Yeah. I get it. Mm. I get it. Uh, let's talk about a gentler animal. Yes. For a second, uh, giraffes. I love giraffes. I love giraffes too. Now they are gentler, right? You're, I'm, I'm waiting for them to say, "Oh, yeah, they're, they'll, they'll, they'll come around that <laughs> neck and they'll, they'll, they they'll kick, squeeze you." Kick really hard, <laughs> they, right? They kick yeah. really hard. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that is their defense mechanism. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. They actually kick in 360 degrees with each leg, so they can kick any way where, where it's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> They've got a rotation joint, yeah. She can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Give me enough drinks and uh. I try. <laughs> so wait, 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 360, wait, wait, what? Yeah, so the leg can move within 360 degrees like that. So your leg, you kick forward or back. Right. You know, if you're kicking sideways, it's not very effective, but a giraffe can So it's like out. a ball joint up there yeah, that just pretty much. spins. Pretty much, yeah. Is there a video of that? I'd love to yeah, see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There there's there's definitely video of it. You can see it. A giraffe can be aggressive, huh? Don't, it's not a... It's it's a big animal. But it doesn't move fast, does it? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They can kick down. <laughs> there's long legs. Where's the slow animals in the safari? <laughs> <laughs> and how fast do your cars go? <laughs> safari. Yeah. They, they're good. There's yeah. actually... A, there's a funny video of a guy that we know that a giraffe was chasing the safari vehicle. Yeah. Matt. Matt Yardley, he's one of, you, one of my friends from back home. Yeah, um, okay. but this giraffe yeah. was booking after, and they're driving quickly. Yeah, it's on. It's on. I think it's on TikTok, and I think he's over two twenty-four million views on that video wow. now. Holy yeah. smokes! Yeah. yeah, the giraffe's chasing them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah it happened. The safari vehicle. Yeah, the, it's actually chasing the safari vehicle. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. 
Oh yeah, that's just great. That's, that's why they cool do what they shit. do. And yeah, they do what and I, do. Watch, I watch it on the video screen. <laughs> exactly. They're just so because to to a layman that looks at a giraffe, that's a very graceful animal. It that's is graceful. Like a, you know, they, the next move like this. But you know, we always see them in like cages and stuff, and so they're not as. I've never seen a giraffe in a cage. Not a cage. You know what I mean? Zoo. I mean at the zoo. At zoo. Yeah. <laughs> they're I mean, like depressed. That's a big ass cage. You put a giraffe in a cage. You know what I meant. <laughs> I mean, how do you do that? <laughs> I mean, no, but 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 no, that's naturally they're not a carnivore, right? No, they no, no. they eat trees and shrubs and yep. things like that. Yes. Okay. All right. So, uh, what other gentle animals are out there? Not many, I'm thinking. Sure. No, you know, you've always got to realize that we're actually useless as a species without our brain. Mm. We the only reason why we have yeah well. Some of us. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but yeah, that's... Not, it took her that long to figure it out. <laughs> oh, Bruce, she Bruce, Bruce my point. Bruce my point. I'm sorry. I owe you anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if you even look at our foot structure and so on versus wildlife, we're very, very primitive and slow. You know, we've got flat feet, they soft. Look at look at how we built. We soft. Mm-hmm. We've actually like through through evolution and time. Some of us are become... softer than others. <laughs> A lot. Yeah. So if you look at us like without without yeah. our brain, like you if you go out into the wild and let's say the Serengeti and you had to just try and survive there and you have no knowledge, you're yeah, dead. I don't think you're gonna last very long, huh? Yeah, no, I I, I get that, but, I, but gentle. There's got to be some more gentle animals. Yeah, like so the gazelles and the Impala. Yeah, the Impala. Yeah. Talk about the Impalas. No, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Impala is a is a mixed feeding antelope, so similar to a deer. Um, but uh, yeah, so they'll do feed. they survive based on their speed and skill to yeah. get away? Is yes. that what it is? Yeah, okay, because they very can't quick fight. Reaction. They don't fight, or do they fight? They have got horns. Um, do they but use them? They will try and use it for defense. Um, however, they're not really that big. So if you take 150 kilograms, or I don't know what that will convert to in pounds, but roughly, let's say a 400 pound lion, mm-hmm. it's going to take on a 140 pound gazelle. I mean, you know, he's going to win. So, a gazelle. Yeah. That's all you got. You can go see the gazelles and the sloths. Yeah. The sloths. The sloths over there. I have a lisp, but that's the... I picked that <laughs> word to say. There's no sloths edit, over there, right? Edit that <laughs> out. <laughs> no. I want to talk about, like, going on a safari, like, with them. Well, yeah. Okay. You have the floor. Like... This is the co-host seat. We brought rocket. Like, walk me through how that... Like, what... Would you guys be doing it? Like, do you have a team, or how does this work? Oh, I'll let Jen go on that one. She's she's more <laughs> behind the scenes like that. Right I'm, I'm, I'm sort of there. So Jen knows sort of more mm-hmm. of the structures and stuff and how we yeah, do Yeah, and we've um, found a lot of different camps that we really, really like. So mm-hmm. um, we have relationships with managers and staff and stuff and the guides. Um, but you would fly to Africa, Tanzania, South Africa, and then um, we pick you up basically yep. and from the moment you land until the moment you leave we're with you we're taken care of yeah yeah so and teaching you photography skills making sure you're getting on your flights and yeah you're enjoying yourself out on drive and he's as knowledgeable as the guides when you're mm-hmm. out on safari so i'm always learning hey you've learned, I have, like, you've learned two a guides. lot eh? you've learned a lot you don't don't put yourself down on that knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she knows a lot more than she lets on <laughs> Yeah. Not like you though. Yeah. Now, how long? Will, like, is there variations of packages? Like, we could. It could be any yeah. length. But if you're gonna fly 16 hours, you kind of want to 
be there for it ain't at least. A we- it ain't a weekend trip. No, it's not <laughs> a weekend. At least ten days because that's a lot of flying yeah. to make it worth it. Yeah, right. like to get to Tanzania from here, it takes me because you go through Amsterdam. It takes me almost thirty hours of travel time. So we've got to go through Amsterdam yeah. to get to Tanzania. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of exciting. It's a it's a journey. It's a long. Yeah, it, I'm going back to the animals. We don't want to collect the <laughs> logistics here. I want to go. So, uh, other gentle animals before we get to the, the lions yeah. and, and um, cats. I think you experience um, one thing that one animal that specifically has stood out for me along my travels is, is golden monkeys in Rwanda as well. Yeah. Okay. Pretty wicked little animals. So it's not golden per se. It's more a little bit ginger. Okay. Um, and they live within the same areas as the gorillas, chimps in the forest. So they're eating bamboo shoots, um, but very gentle. So once you're within the family group, they actually just relax around you. You know, you watch them feed, play, the little ones. Uh, are they small? Or are they, they small? They're so, so roughly mm-hmm. about that big. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so they're much smaller. Um, I mean, the males can be a little bit intimidating, but it's always just if you're getting a little too close. You know, it's, it's, they don't aggressively attack. It's not an attack animal. Okay but absolutely fascinating to watch how they feed the social structures, um, how they interact with each other, how they f- confirm like and build those bonds within a family. You know, it, it reminds it the, me a lot of us. Okay, is that the, uh, of these breeds that you've seen, is that the closest to the human experience? Oh, I think it all varies. Um, I think I've, uh, you can always pull sort of a comparison between us and an animal. Um, however, I would say that family structure comes first for primates. They're very, very, very intense about hierarchies, that kind of stuff. You know, if you're the head of your household, mm-hmm. you, it comes with certain responsibilities. Okay. And that's how I think they also see looking at their social structures. Um, and a lot of times they'll actually be more and be a male um, with a couple other males that will also look after and protect. So, yeah, I, I like them. I like, I like primates. Yeah, okay. Okay. Do they only mate with one No, mul- multiple. Good player. Yeah. <laughs> now it's sounding more like <laughs> our state of affairs over here. Your state of affairs over there. Uh, hmm. The big cats. Let's talk about them. Yeah. I mean, as you can see, I'm quite obsessed with them. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jen, what? Uh, I've never even actually asked you what's your favorite big cat. Big cat? Um, I think the cheetah. You think cheetah? I don't know. I like them all. Leopards, lions. Yeah. They're all... But yeah. I like the cheetahs. Mm. The cheetahs have the best eyes uh, for photography. I feel like okay. they can have some stunning... I don't know. I think I'll disagree on that one. I think lepi- right. I think leopards, definitely. Um, okay. Color variation within the eyes and so on. Cheetah, for me, is such okay. a unique animal. Okay, so talk about the differences between those two. Okay. Um, so also body size and, okay. and, and sort of, and, and it really comes down to lots of behavior. Okay. A cheetah actually isn't a true cat. It's its own species. It doesn't oh. have retractable claws. Huh. Oh, really? Yeah. It actually, it's it, because of its, it's the fastest land mammal. Um, uh, it's, it uses, it needs those claws available at all times. So it's using it for traction. And if you look at it, I th- uh, I'm open to correction on this fact, but I think a cheetah's tail is like almost three quarters the length of its body, if not mm. longer. Wow. To use as a rudder when it's moving at that speed. Oh, get up. Yeah. It actually uses it as a rudder in the air to counterbalance its movement. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. Is, that, is that the fastest? Is yeah. that the fastest animal on the plains? You, you're looking at over 60 miles an hour top speed. But for short distances, very short. they can't do that very. They overheat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when it's running full tilt in a straight line, its back legs actually almost surpass its head when it's coming forward. Wow. Yeah, I've seen those videos. Yeah, that's pretty cool. (laughs) That's pretty badass. Yeah, but it's a very slight cat. It's not very heavy because obviously it's got to move really fast. So it's just purely relying on getting within strike zone and then moving really, really fast and running its uh, its prey down. And then they have to eat because they're so light in comparison to leopard, hyena, lions. You're looking at something that needs to eat very, very fast. Be very, very aware. Otherwise, it it, it will have something stolen from it. So most of the time, they don't finish their kill. It's stolen by something else, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, and they actually... A cheetah is actually the one with spots. So leopards don't have spots. They've got rosettes. Oh, yeah. Rose, oh, okay. <laughs> if you okay. look at it carefully... Leopard can't change its spots. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Yeah. What, when you hear the word puma, what is a puma? A mountain lion. Okay, so that that's different. See, that, that's okay. Where do jaguars come in? Jaguars um. are very, very similar to leopards. Obviously, just found in South America. Um, oh. Best place to see them is in the Pantanal in Brazil. Uh, pretty. Uh, we've actually planning on going. We actually haven't had time to get there. I've just had one of my friends be there. Nick was there, I think, three months. Okay. And if you look at the size, it's much bigger than a leopard. Okay. And it's very aquatic. Mm. Yeah, they swim. They swim. Jaguars mm. actually hunt caiman. That's their main fu- food source in, in, the, in, the, in the Amazon. Wait, they're killing crocs? Yeah. yeah. That's the main it's food source. There's some video you want to watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go and look at those videos. That is wicked. That is something that is very high on my list. But Puma's a mountain lion, though. Yes. You're not going to find the Pumas on the plains. No. No. That's good to know. So I didn't know that. I did not know that. Um... Are there, within this, the species of jaguars and the species of leopards and cheetahs, are there variations like, um, like well, I'm sure you can find a rare albino in any, in any mm. particular, like a, like a white cheetah. Is there a white cheetah? Is there a white? So the, the way a cheetah actually works is that if there's a genetic variation, it's called a king cheetah. Okay. So it's got lines down its back, so it's not just spots, and it's actually bigger. So the last, the last one that was seen in, in the Kruger National Park was uh, three, four years ago, and they hadn't seen one in over 75 years wow. Wow. of that genetic variation. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. That's what my cat has, my Savannah cat. It's got lines down yeah. the back and spots. So how does the... Talk a little bit about the conservation end of it. Um, okay. Because I don't, I don't know anything about it obviously I know what an endangered species is yes so who's in charge for uh, to do they tag the animals do they they, I mean a wild animal isn't tagged right it's observed and they kind of know where they are but they don't go in and label them or anything right um, they use collars so we this this year that we were at Olakira Mm -hmm. southern uh, southern Serengeti Mm -hmm. and we collared an elephant so yeah march so we actually did an elephant collaring for research so we okay. were part of this experience with Asilia africa which is one of the companies that we mm-hmm. use they, they've got lodges and so on so those like your ground handlers and it's it's to do with it actually reports back and it depends on how often you want that data but it can actually report up to every single five minutes and you can track that animal by on your laptop Wow. So is it, it's like a microchip or is it it's a, got like a, a Bluetooth? Big oh, get out. Yeah, satellite collar. It's like a big 
big necklace. That's like a big you necklace. You guys posted that, one mm-hmm. of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. So they darted it, and then uh-huh. you had to wait for it to go down. And then we went up, and they did the collaring. Just give me a six-pack of beer. Yeah. <laughs> probably easier, right? Yeah. Or like a... 80 pack of beer <laughs> <laughs> and then they wake it up and then you watch it stand up that's amazing yeah it was pretty cool yeah they're not always impressed that they've got some new jewelry but it's very very important because that's that goes back to that human wildlife conflict of course mm-hmm. the elephants being very very destructive you know with crops and so on mm-hmm. and it's not that's it's definitely not their fault i mean mm-hmm. they've been here a lot longer so you got to look at that and that's why we go and collar animals especially like uh, you get some very naughty cats as well mm, i'd imagine yeah who like uh, livestock. Mm, oh. It's much easier than chasing down a gazelle. Got it. You know, a, cow, a cow is pretty slow <laughs> in comparison. Yeah, it's just sitting, sitting and waiting. Yeah, so they will call a uh, pro- what, the, what we classify as problem cats as well, and it's the same. It's a necklace. So farmers that are in the Serengeti. Borders, yeah. On the borders yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're okay. okay. And that's, that's the Maasai people. Some of the most incredible people you could ever meet are the Maasai. And the, what's, the, what's the story there? Maasai are your legendary warriors that are in the red cloth that you've seen on the African plains that run with the spear. Yes. Um, These guys are absolutely incredible. They are as tough as it comes. I mean, if you're living in amongst the wildlife and trying to protect your livestock, which is mainly goats and sheep and and cattle, um, they walk them through conservation areas. Wow. And I've got some very good friends there that are Maasai. One guy that comes to mind in particular is Manja. Manja is actually a Maasai from the border between Kenya and Tanzania. So he's got no passport. He just travels where he needs to. Okay. Because he's an indigenous person to that area. Got it. It it. is absolutely incredible to hear how these guys grew up, you know, defending their livestock against leopard, lion. They're not really into crops. They're more um, like cattle herders and Mm. so on. And they move a lot. They move with the seasonal rain as well. And it's a completely primitive lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, nothing that we would even recognize. No. Mm at all so yeah they i mean they we we've had the the opportunity to couple um maasai barbecues you know okay it is incredible so they slaughter a goat for you and then they cook it really really slowly so similar to like an argentinian barbecue you know right. they sort of flay it out right um and it's the same and that's their main they they love meat meat is everything it's a, it meets their diet yeah 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 and they probably use every ounce of that animal too every oh, yes. single thing yeah they even make soup out of the brains. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Intestines, that all that wow. kind of stuff. There's a soup that they make. Um, depending on how the water situation is, they actually drink the blood of the animals as well for, for to get moisture in. Um, and, wow. and Because it's so nutritious as That's well. pretty hardcore there. <laughs> <laughs> but amazing people. That's yeah. pretty hardcore for sure. Um, but that's a complete... When I say primitive lifestyle, they're they're not living in anything that we would recognize. Like they're not living in structures. They're not. No, they. I mean, they do. They've got like homesteads, um, and but most of the time, it's the, it's the young guys that will have to go out and they build bomas. So a boma is a is a is a circular structure made out of the materials at hand. So a lot of the time, it's acacia trees with the big white thorns that you see on the uh-huh. safari videos, and they'll build that boma, put their livestock. The livestock will be in between the warriors. They'll protect that if a leopard or a lion or something Got gets it. through that in the dark. Remember, there's no electricity out there either. So you're taking on a That's lion. the bush, man. With a spear. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> in the night, yeah. It's pretty incredible. 
they are uh, just and they can run like you have never seen. I mean, you you watch the Olympics and so on. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you watch Kenya, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. Tanzania, uh, Ethiopia, those guys are just they built different. Eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Endurance athletes of note. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll weigh about eighty pounds. Yeah, you know I mean, that's just uh, I'm sure it contributes to it too. Yeah, but that that's, what a tough life. But again, if that's all you know, right? If that's, they love it, eh? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously, they've never changed so. to the Western ways. So hmm. it's very interesting to to be able to meet these people as much as my sole purpose is being a wildlife photographer and right. and that learning the culture of the people within those areas is I also bet. super important to I me. I bet. Oh, yeah. they have to be. Yeah. I mean, you, you need a level of acceptance from them as well, right? Oh, oh yeah. They, I mean, they check you out when you get there. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. So the acceptance just doesn't come from the animals that you encounter. <laughs> they come from, it comes from everybody. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a different. I, I to to a completely westernized person, they would have no clue, no at mm-hmm. all. No, you got to get out there and see it for yourself to truly like. You can watch a documentary, and I love the the way that documentaries depict things because it's always a story. Yeah. When you actually get out there, you see that story live, and you see how much actually happens and what factors are at play. It changes your percep- perception of the world and what's really important. So talk about lions for a second. Okay. Um, All right. Because that's the, I think that's the cat that most people are. He's the king of the jungle. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> I, I think. But there's different kinds of lions. I mean. There are. There's actually some pretty unique lions in South Africa in the Kruger National Park at the moment called white lions. Okay. And they, they actually are, com- they, they, it would look sort of, um, so we classify it as leucistic. L- I think that's the right word. But it's essentially an albino. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. It's a. It's completely white. And the, the, the reason eyes, eyes like pink, the eyes light. Uh, some of them, yes. Okay. They are, um, but it does vary. And there's quite a famous cat at the moment. His name's Casper. Okay. So he's one of three brothers in a coalition, and his other two brothers are tawny color, and then he's this white standout lion, and he's pretty cool. Ah, uh, that's yeah, pretty. Cool. Pretty amazing. That's a cool name too. Yeah, yeah. Casper for a white for a white for a white lion too. Yeah. But so when you see the mane, yes. that's the male. Yes. Right? Yes. And the females don't have the mane. No. Okay. But that it's too simple to say lion because there's too many species of lions, correct? So there's Asiatic, which is, I think, found in Ghee province in India, as far as I know. So Ghee, there's a, a lion reserve within India, and they're actually slightly, they're slightly smaller than African lions. Okay. But they look visually, if you had to see a picture of them, they'd look exactly the same. Okay. But this, the variation in size there, there is definitely, yeah. All right. Yeah. But like uh, like, like, like here in Pennsylvania, Nittany li- Nit- Lions, right? That's like a... Why are you looking at me? No, I'm, I'm just, Penn State. Uh, I yes. can't pronounce it. Nittany Lions. I can't stand that team. That's why I can't pronounce it. But... Uh, you know, so the, the uh, people think of lions. They think of the mane. They think of like the yeah. the Lion King movie. They think of the African Serengeti. They think of that. But I was always told that species has uh, there's a lot of a lot of different breeds in that species. Am I saying that right? A lot of different breeds in the species or species in the breed. So it it would be um, it comes down to also environmental factor. Okay. So it's what what environment and what situation those lions would be in and what they're mainly feeding on. You know, if there's not a lot of, if you're not getting big animals like buffalo, for instance, okay, um, and you're just feeding on smaller antelope, you're not going to get 
bigger. Got it. Mm-hmm. If that got makes it, sense. Got it. Got it. If the so, region doesn't have the food source, you're going to be smaller. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and okay. then, for example, okay. within in Botswana and the Delta, um, the Okavango Delta, mm-hmm. the lions are hunting a lot of the time in water. So they actually, because of that resistance, it's shallow sort of water. Uh, because of that w- water resistance on their muscles, they're much bigger. They actually get beefed up. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Those are big lions. Mm-hmm. So no, they, yeah, are they, they fast? Very, yeah. Really? Lions are quick. <laughs> they're wow. very lazy cats. So they're sleeping up to 20 hours a day. Okay. And only really active for four hours, you know, if, at a push. Mm-hmm. Um, it's huh. all about conserving your energy. Because of know, heat. It's heat. And also, if, you, if you're hunting for your food... You, you don't want to be running around like a headless chicken trying to catch something, you know. You want to you want to conserve that energy. Now you said buffalo multiple times yeah. here, and so you're saying the buffaloes just don't roam in North America; they're down in South America too. Uh, well, yeah, in, in Africa. In Africa, so yeah. So your your buffalo per se is actually just a bison, so they're very very uh, okay. Very, very Let's different. talk about the difference there, because I understand. Um, oh, I mean, they're com- two completely. They're very very. They're in the same family group, so size difference. Slightly, not much. I think yo, I'd have to check my facts on that one. I'm not okay, 100% okay. sure where it comes. That's okay. But uh, but they, the pure buffalo is 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 a food source. Yeah. A big food source for the cats down there. But not an easy food source. It's a highly highly aggressive animal. It does not like lions, and they also have family structure. So the herd moves together. The big bulls are protecting the youngsters, um, and often lions are killed by buffalo when they're trying to hunt them. They get gored, you know, with the, with the horns. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Huh. Yeah, I'm actually off in February to go and film and photograph lion buffalo interaction in the Delta, which is pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So the the photographer geeks gonna come up in for a second, but I mean <laughs> you're, I know approximately what a 400 millimeter lens will do on a full frame lens, a full yeah. frame camera. Yeah. It's still kind of close. Like, what kind of like telephoto power are you using there? Because I'm actually quite. We actually using a bit smaller, like seventy to two hundred at f two point eight is really my prime lens. You can you can get close enough with a two hundred. You're yeah. pretty damn close, buddy. Yeah, we've had a cheetah jump on the car in the Serengeti and stand on the on the roof. It's pretty close. I'm out. I, know. <laughs> I, don't, think I, I don't think I can handle it. That's insane. Mm. It's incredible. That's so insane. You really up close and personal with these wild animals. It's it's such a unique experience, and I wish everybody around the world could experience it because it's absolutely life changing. I can imagine. Yeah. Because you're not going to find that in North America. Mm-hmm. No, you're you know, just not going to find it. Yeah, and, and nothing in your yeah, and that and that's what other people uh, throughout my life who have been on safaris have told me the exact same that they've come back different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Absolutely. powerful. It is. Yeah, it's very powerful. I mean, obviously, it changed. Is you're both. You know, I mean, you've been doing it for quite a while, but yeah. it, it obviously it changed, changed me. Changed your life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, talk about that. Like what? What? Like in what ways? Um. Well, I just always want to be in Africa now. Yeah. Even though I live here. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I. I mean, I love the photography stuff now, and I just love being out in the bush driving around on the vehicle looking for the animals i don't know there's just something you're out in nature fresh yeah. air um it's just cool so to someone who has an aversion to snakes i don't dig snakes are there a lot of snakes down there it's good to know i had actually one of my closest snake encounters just here in Swickley about a year ago <laughs> uh, with, a, with a big rat snake oh. but um, it was 
small compared to yeah there's some there's some nasties out there but i mean you find that all over the world so yes there's there's variation in snakes but you're not at risk per se okay no. so um, it isn't like a, they're not they're not, they're not widely available <laughs> no i mean we don't see snakes that often when you're out on drive not really no no okay so this is embarrassing to say but i you know i watched that survivor man show for a long time and that was kind of <laughs> cool because you know forget the storyline yeah, yeah, yeah. put the storyline aside some of the the video and some of this the essence of what he was trying to do but of course there it's supposed to be you know it's it's television yeah but there were a lot of pred not predators there were a lot of things that can kill you out there oh yeah like yeah. scorpions or oh, yeah. you know there was that's kind of there were bugs the size of my fist mm-hmm. is that is that all real it's real it is it is but it's you're not at risk you know it's it's what you're putting yourself into got it <clears throat> if i go walk in the woods here and i run into a black bear i mean i've put myself there yeah right so on. going on safari like you're entering their their habitat yeah. their home so yeah. it's just always to remember just to be respectful of that animal mm-hmm. you can view a black mama for instance which is africa's i think africa's most deadly snake mm-hmm. um highly aggressive very very fast you can view it yeah you'll see it you can take a look <laughs> at it you're not going to run away from it <laughs> You're not going to run away from it? Like, what do you mean? It's, I'd run away it's from it. It's faster than you. <laughs> oh, so we, a, a, snake can, a snake is faster. Well, I mean, a strike. I get the strike, but no, a but snake can movement. move faster. The slithering. Than, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a, a black mamba can lift two-thirds of its body up. And, and it's, it, uh, there's records of them looking bull elephants in the face. They get wow. big. They get big. Oh, that's mm-hmm. that's not frightening at all. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't think uh, Eric will be booking with you guys. Oh, hey, you know, don't say that. Don't say that. I yeah. mean, we've um, only I've only seen two snakes out on drive. Yeah, they they, they hear the vibe, or they feel the vibration of the vehicle and generally move off. Yeah, you know, you're not going to just mm. get a snake there that's going to come and attack you. It that doesn't work like that. Right. So you're pretty safe. Yeah. I forgot to ask you about rhinoceroses. Oh, that's a that's a good topic. I mean, yeah, let's talk about some rhinos because yeah. I see the, all the videos over the years of like in the television shows of rhinos chasing down jeeps. Well, chasing- you can tell them your story about. Yeah, I've got quite the history within with rhinos and so on. I've been involved in anti-poaching efforts to you know protection. Oh, right on. Yeah, so I have been involved in that. Okay. Um, roughly. Two, two years of doing that on and off while I was guiding at a lodge in South Africa. Oh, right on. Um, which is, it's it's impressive, but mm-hmm. it's also that that species is dying out faster than we realize. All the different variations of rhinos. You know, you've got rhinos in Sumatra, mm-hmm. Java, um, black and white rhino in, in Africa. So wh- so t- let's talk about the poaching for a second. What, yep. What's the lure of that animal? What are they being poached for? Their horns. Okay, that's yes. what I thought. Yeah. Okay. It's Chinese it's, medicine. Yeah, it's Chinese medicine, so traditional medicine. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And there's uh, some of your, your... How do you word it? Um, oh, let's get straight to it. The Russians are stockpiling illegally, <laughs> if I have to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, that's what we do here. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's powers at play behind this that are so far above our heads that we'll never, ever be able to stop it. We can only slow it down and look for solutions. Wow. It is, it is inevitable that we will, will, you know, potentially within five, ten years, you might only have rhinos in highly protected areas. They will not roam free anymore because they'll be in danger. Wow. Yeah. And it's pretty brutal. They come and they just chop the horn off and then yeah. leave it. Yeah. So, yeah. They're not cutting just the horn off and leaving the stump. They actually cut into the face of that animal, into mm. the nasal cavities. It's mm. brutal. Oh, my God. 
I've mm. done I've done autopsies on poached rhinos before, where we're cutting them up, looking for projectiles that they might, might have been shot with. Or yeah, um, yeah, we've worked on ones that you you save. You know, so that's your job. You're there to try and protect a species, so right. that you know eventually, hopefully kids in the future have that experience to see a rhino because it's so far out it's like one of the coolest mm-hmm. looking things yeah ever. yeah, you know, yeah, you, yeah. It's, it's so ancient yeah right um right 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 and the rate that so it's used as an aphrodisiac um and it's just keratin so it's like having a dreadlock on your face hmm. there's no nutritional value to rhino horn whatsoever and i cannot stress that enough it's like chewing your fingernails so what do they use it for um, lots of things depending on where you are um, within a lot of um, yeah it's all to do with a traditional Asian medicine so it's it's ancient it, you can track this back to like 2000 BC wow. yeah um, within the Chinese um, emperors and so on it's always been used it's it's thought to to help with hangovers um, if you're having sort of sexual problems um, <laughs> all that kind of stuff so yeah it's just proven to be fertile myrtle (laughs) (laughs) true yeah so that's it it's just it's a sad situation no doubt and there's gets me angry actually it does it it riles me up hey Mm -hmm. um however there are tons of efforts going in you know um there's one of my friends joel um he's known as the conservation vet um and that is his his job is just working with wild animals, with wildlife. That's the, he's a vet, and mm-hmm. that's what he does. So he does a lot of the dehornings, and when you're dehorning that animal, you're not taking out of the nasal right. um, cavities and you're cutting it like a poacher would. You're just cutting it off with a chainsaw. There's no nerve endings or feeling there or anything like that, and that's to deter poachers or yeah, to discourage it because you're not getting a horn. Right. 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 However, what we found is that it's a lot so of so shame we have to yeah. do that. We, we have to change the animal's appearance yeah. to keep other humans from destroying them it's crazy it's madness it's absolute madness Mm -hmm. that this just chew your fingernails it's the exact same thing yeah and we're losing such an iconic species Mm. to really putting it down just to plain human stupidity that's it talk about that animal though on the positive side just uh, talk about talk about rhinos in general i mean yeah, so white size and, wise, compare them to like a hippo or yeah, so elephant. It's or. a big bull white rhino, and it's called white and black. There's actually no color variation. Okay. The correct terms would be broad lipped and hooked lipped. So, broad lipped is the white rhino would be eating grass. Got it. Um, so, it's got a big square fat lip, oh, right obviously, on. To, to munch and graze. Right on. And black rhino actually got a hook, like a very dexterous top lip. So, they actually pick leaves. And, majority of the time, they'll, they'll feed from, from that kind of foliage. Got it. Um, Black rhino being a lot more notoriously aggressive. Those mm-hmm. are the ones you always, that you said, charging down jeeps. And, yeah. yeah. But it's yeah, because yeah. they've got such bad eyesight. Rhinos oh, really? have got yeah, terrible eyesight. <laughs> like <Shout> Katie. <laughs> like Katie. Yeah. So, and she drove here. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so if you look at rhinos across the world, the, the positive, it's, it's a big bull white rhino. You're looking at roughly three tons. Holy smokes. Jeez. Yeah. That's it's crazy. Big. That's yeah, no doubt. And it can move. And you've been chased by one. Yeah, one nearly ran over me. Yeah. I was actually out helping. We were tracking a rhino um, that had come across the border from the Kruger National Park. So I worked with private land, okay. community-owned land that was involved with the lodge and so on, but a right private on. entity, but no fences with the national park. So animals come in and out. Okay. And um, a rhino had been shot in one of, the, one of its shoulders by what we presume would have been a poacher. We yeah, didn't yeah. see what happened. Yeah. 
and we were trying to move it out of a thicket area so that the vet could get to it, dart it, and try and patch this animal up, and we could make a decision from there. Right. But he got a little bit grumpy, and I was uh. caught between a thicket and a very, very upset rhino. I managed to jump up and out of the way, and he clipped me on my feet. Oh, my gosh. And spun me like this through the air. So if not for me jumping at that exact second, he just would have trampled me. I wouldn't be sitting here today. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was very close. That's probably wow. my closest, scariest thing that's ever happened. And, I mean, that's not something that anybody else is really going to be involved in unless you're right. into that conservation work and getting up close sure. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it can, it can be risky at times. Hey? And they, but in general, they're very docile animals. They, they're amazing. They, it's incredible. You'll think of a rhino being docile. Yeah, they are. <laughs> it's a funny word for a rhino. Yeah. I believe you. Yeah. But it's, it's just, I just, you don't think of that. I think of a, it's funny, I think of a hippo. I think it's because when you're little, you know, Disney or whatever, mm. the companies, they kind of take an animal, create a character, and then mm-hmm. based on that character's disposition, mm-hmm. That's how you assume the animals. Because I think of a hippo, I think of Henrietta Hippo. I don't know where it's from. When I was a kid, like, oh, Henrietta is not going to hurt anybody. Mm. Then, the, then you see these documentaries where they're, like, stabbing people in half. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, but shit. most of the time, they're just lounging in the water. Mm-hmm. You just see their heads. They're yeah. just chilling. <laughs> there, there was a, a show that was on, again, it's just television. Yeah. But it was a show where there was two guys, and they went out into the... You know, it wasn't Survivor Man. It was like there was two guys, and they kind of had to coexist. And one guy was always barefoot. And oh yeah, man, I watched that. that yeah, was... I watched that for like a long time. I thought it was pretty pretty well done. Yeah. But you know, it's funny when you see stuff like that. You think, oh, these guys are out there by themselves. They're, they're, no, there's got to be someone following them around. <laughs> them, yeah, exactly. Know? I mean, it's like Survivor Man. He's by himself, supposedly. Yeah. By himself. Or Bear Bear. Bear Bear. I think he ended up being a fraud in some little capacity, yeah. too. I don't know. But these two guys would go out, and I saw this one. They were on the Serengeti, and it was they were they were supposed to go from point A to point B on their own, I guess. And they were stuck in this hippo like enclave. Mm. It's pretty horrifying. Yeah, I mean, at least the way they filmed it, it was pretty mm. horrifying. They're yeah. like climbing some tree, and they're kind of like hanging, hanging out in this tree, like they're afraid to come down off the tree because the moment they step down. Now, would the hippo pursue you, or would they only go after you if you antagonize them? Like would they smell meat and go after them no. in that circumstance? They would not. No, it's 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 to do with them moving and it, the, water is their safety. Mm-hmm. They need water to survive because their skin is extremely sensitive to the sun, so it dries out very very quickly. Ah, okay. So if you get in between a hippo and the water, that's generally when that conflict is taking place, or they're under high intense pressure situations where a hippo is out of the water and you're walking through the bush. Let's say I'm doing a guided walk. Um, in a game reserve or so on and I, I, I stumble upon that animal but generally when they're in the water they have charged out of water I've seen it I've been okay. charged in a vehicle before by one but he's a, he's a grumpy old bull that Got was kicked it. out you know somebody had taken over his, his right family on. and right on. he wasn't that happy for me to be around so <laughs> that's my bad you know understood but, yeah, in general, it's it's just that they can be calm, but if you're viewing, you can stand on, on next to the river and, and look at a hippo in the water it's not necessarily going to just come out and attack you know Interesting. Yeah. They just, there's cool animals. I mean, I don't know. I just think always, because I think they're misunderstood. I think, you know, they're pretty ferocious. I mean, the way, yeah. the way, the other side of them compared to the, 
Henrietta Hibbo side, the cartoon side, <laughs> you know, the, the stuffed animal character thing that we all we all live in. What other animals were we missing here? The cats. I think I'd like to get back to the leopard. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, leopard to me is probably the ultimate predator. It is. And why? It uses a camouflage. It, it calculates everything. So it has to be within a certain distance because it's, it's got explosive speed, but it also it's not fast like a cheetah over a much bigger distance. Okay. Um, so it's using cover to hunt. Ah. Yeah. And leopards are just so incredible because a lot of the time, if there's a lot of pressure from other cats and a lot of hyena in that area, for example, they drag the kill up the tree. And that's something to witness. Wow. That's pretty special. I think I have seen a video of that. Wait, leopard drags its prey up mm-hmm. the tree mm-hmm. to yeah. eat it. Yep. So the other animals way. can't get at it. Yeah. And are it they... might be just as big as the leopard mm-hmm. and it's dragging it up the tree. So do all... Uh, are they the only cat that climbs like that? No, lions. Of... Lions climb. climb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Lions are just generally quite heavy, so it doesn't yeah. work out too well. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And they're not as... And they're not... Oh, I'd say not as nimble as a leopard. Um, leopards are very, very sure-footed animals very confident with climbing they rely on it a lot to keep their food source safe Hy- mm. uh, hyenas are, are, are big big animals you know it's, it's e- easily going to overpower mm. a, a smaller female leopard or so on and steal that kill from them got it if you're looking at a lion's weight at about a female being i think at about 150 kilos kilograms okay. Um, okay. a female leopard only comes in roughly 45 kilograms so it's wow. not pretty much three times mm. the size, four times the size. So that's its that's its way to keep safe is, is put its food up out of conflict range, and that's yeah. And cool. they're extremely adaptable animals. There's leopards that live under the underground and in the city of Mumbai in India. Wow. There's Indian leopards that live within the city and hunt on stray dogs, pigs, that kind of stuff within the <laughs> wow. city. Yeah, it's incredible. It's mind blowing. <laughs> okay that yeah that's insane yeah and that are the Indian people okay with that I mean it's an I don't assumption I think they really have a choice yeah <laughs> in the matter I mean, it's, 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 I mean I sort of live here and that's that's mm-hmm. a way of life they don't want to try to eradicate them uh, they, they're so protected now you know wildlife mm-hmm. there definitely is a huge movement um, with the protection of these species I think if you look at the way that David Attenborough, right. you know, mm. life on this planet and so on, I think it's brought a lot of attention to Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to to get people to coexist with wildlife. Of course. Mm. You know, coexisting with your with your environment is key to survival. And not destroying their environment. Exactly. And right. sending them into a tizzy. Mm. Um, cougars, besides the local dive bar down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that they're also in 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 Serengeti, right? No, they're not. What's what's? Well, it depends on which one we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) It depends how big your your safari group is, right? Yeah, they could get transplanted there for ten days. Uh, So, so the term cougar is is it's obviously a cat. Yeah. Where are they found at generally? I mean, it's the same as a mountain lion. I think it's just slightly different areas. Okay. I, I'm not. I'm not too clued up on that that side of things. Um, okay. Uh, but I do know. I mean, if you're looking at Argentina and Patagonia, that area they call pumas. Patagonia. Okay. And then in California, it's either a mountain lion or a cougar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So it's pretty two- much the same animal. So there's cougars in mm. North America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite a couple. Yeah, all over the place. All yeah, over. Actually, yeah. You're never safer. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? <laughs> That's some good shit right there. That, that, that is some good shit. It's the most. It's the most dangerous animal out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear. Jen, I think they're talking about us. I think they are. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what? What other? What have we missed from the ser- just from the Serengeti? What do we miss? Um, sure. We haven't really this, talked about hyenas a lot. Yeah. I'm a little confused they? on what they are exactly. Yeah, and there's different types of hyena. It's not just mm. the spotted hyena or laughing hyena that you're used to from sort of the Disney. Mm-hmm. I cannot stress how intelligent that animal is. Mm. It is not what you see on Disney. Okay. It is an incredibly complex animal with a very, very cool stru- social structure. So it's a matriarchal s- uh, society. Okay. With females being much bigger and dominant over the males. Hmm. Actually, actually having charge. more testosterone yeah. than males. Nice. And they are a lot larger. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, they run the clan. So they'll be like an alpha female. Right. Um, and she'll have an alpha male, but the highest ranked male within their social structures ranks lower than the lowest ranked female. Wow. wow pretty incredible it's pretty dominant yeah it's it's a very dominant yeah you most of the time if you see a hyena walking on its own in the serengeti it's generally a smaller younger male mm-hmm. um and he won't call the others in when he feeds because he just gets kicked off whatever he's eating <laughs> <laughs> oh that's kind of human <laughs> <laughs> and then how many species are how many of, of so you're hyena? looking at um, especially like namibia for instance it's a really cool place you see brown hyena brown yeah coastal coastal areas where they're feeding on um so the skeleton coast of namibia very famous place it's on yeah it would be the western side of the country um there's brown hyena there that just wait for the seals and so on to give birth and they hunt like that they'll actually wow. hunt seals on the beach it's pretty incredible that's yeah. insane and it's long and shaggy mm-hmm. you know it's it's not like the short hair furry that you see other the general spotted hyena mm-hmm. it's, a, it's got like long shaggy hair it's a pretty cool looking animal wow yeah it's pretty it's pretty kick-ass and, and they you, feed off of seals you say yeah a lot of seals um th- there's not much else there yeah really it's the skeleton coast for a reason things just mm-hmm. <laughs> die it's, uh-huh. it's pretty incredible it's a skeleton coast from from a human point of view there's a lot of shipwrecks and so on but right, also right. if you go and if you go and explore that area there's a lot of whale carcasses that have washed up and there's just nothing there so wow. it's completely isolated very remote and these animals find a way to survive right it's pretty it's amazing cool. yeah. yeah that's pretty, pretty that's awesome. pretty amazing yeah there's also lions that live in the desert there desert lions so that's another variation they're very very um there's not a big population of them um, but they, they also there's lions that have been seen hunting seals on the beach. Really? On the skeleton coast of Namibia, yeah. It's mm, fascinating to me. Yeah, it's incredible. And then you've got striped hyena, which is black and white. It looks like a zebra. Wow. Yeah, but much, much smaller. Much smaller than the others. But, okay. But, but yeah, it's a pretty cool looking animal. Yeah. And that, that'll feed on, a lot of the time they're feeding on insects and stuff like that. So, yeah. On insects, insects, yeah. So there's a there's another variation of it called an aardvolf. Um I don't know how you'd even explain it, but it's much smaller and it just feeds on insects. But it looks like a small hyena, so it's smaller than the striped hyena. Right. And all it does is feed on insects. That's the bulk of its diet. Yeah. How uh, how large does a hyena get? The, sure. Uh, on the large side, the, um, on, on the larger size. I would say probably a good two hundred pounds. Damn. Yeah. That big. Yeah. 
I might be a little off on that one. I'll check it, but that's roughly what I can work it out in my head, yeah. It's a big animal. That's a big animal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at 90 to 100 kilograms for a really large female, yeah, um, that's a big animal, but you can look more towards the 150, 160 range around there. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. And it's got the strongest bite on, on Earth of, out of any mammal. Majority of uh, spotted hyenas' um, diet is bone. Oh, wow. Because it's, it's majority of the time they're not actually hunting. They're also feeding off of carcasses. So you're taking what's left. However, they are very accomplished pack hunters as well. They hunt a lot of the time. They don't just scavenge like it's been depicted on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're actually very, very good hunters, and they just run their prey down. They're extreme endurance animals. They will run and chase down an antelope for hours and hours and hours. As, until that animal is so tired it falls over, a hyena will pursue it. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. The, the antelope's a big, an, a big prey animal there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of gazelle. Um, so antelope, so if you're looking at kudu with the big spiral horns. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. How do you pronounce that? A kudu. K-U-D-U. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a pretty cool one. So is that related to the ram? No, different. An antelope, or and and then within an antelope, there's That's an impala, right? An antelope and impala are in the same family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So impala would be an antelope. Okay. So the difference between an antelope and a deer, deer shed... So mm-hmm. antlers and so on. And impala, once a horn breaks or something, it doesn't grow it back. Oh, okay. it, that's it. It's got a bony structure with a keratin sheath over it. Got it. Yeah. So that's what that's what differentiates them. And then spiral horned, horned antelope like the kudu and yala, uh, bushbuck, I think, falls into that one as well. So there's lots. There's so much out there. Yeah. It's actually I mean, mind-blowing. It's fascinating to yeah. me. The, so is there an animal that looks like a ram that climbs trees or hangs on the edge of mountains. What's the name of that animal? Because you see, like, and you say to yourself, how the F did that thing get in the tree? It's like, <laughs> or like mountain a, goats. A, yeah. yeah. Mountain goats? The mountain goats? Is that yeah. what we're looking at? Yeah, and bighorn sheep. Mm-hmm. Like, bighorn sheep, well, the, maybe. In Yellowstone, yeah, they, they have the bighorn sheep. Yeah. So it's, and they're way up on the mountains. And they're, they hang on the cliff sides. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. can, like, stand on the... Yeah. But that that I can understand, but like, how do they get into a tree? Like, I don't understand how they right, actually. Because they're not a cat. Yeah. How do they climb? I mean, have you have you ever seen those pictures of of those goats? Normally in North Africa, like Morocco and so on, and then they're all standing in a tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm Which talking. Which looks yeah. it so looks how, fake, but it's real. Yeah. So how I, I get that they're there, but how do they get there? <laughs> I don't know. I've seen video footage. Nobody and, and knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're up there. He's there. <laughs> but like, how do they get there? They wait till all the lights are out and they go. <laughs> I, I have no idea how this happened, but I saw footage somewhere in Africa of a goat hanging from from black wires across the road so like oh my gosh by its horns how it got there i have no clue but i've seen them if you look at this p- photographs of mountain goats and so on and they climb like sheer damn walls like a damn wall yeah that's like they got such such incredible foot structure that they can climb almost vertically i that's don't a, know how it's but just it's just insane yeah you never think that like, a mountain goat would no. be so like if you say to somebody would you like to see a mountain goat or a lion you know, mm. they're going to go lion every day. But the like, mountain goat is so fascinating. Yeah, I, I don't know how they do it. It, it defies it defies physics almost when yeah. you look at them, right? <laughs> it it how's that even possible? Yeah. Um, what birds down there? I was just going to oh. say that. Cool. This is a, yeah, very cool birds. I mean, it depends on how, how far you want to dive into that kind of topic. I mean... We're talking. 
Sure. Um, I, I'm into the, the, the colorful stuff, obviously right. being a photographer. Absolutely. That doesn't take away from the little brown jobs as well. The little uh, guys understood. that you see around and everything has its its place. But obviously looking at raptors in Africa, if you're looking at big birds, it's the place to go. You know, you see raptors, raptors. Mm-hmm. so falcons, uh, mm-hmm. kites, eagles, yeah. that's all falling into that sort of raptor class. Right. Watching them hunt is absolutely incredible. Watching it, there's a martial eagle in Africa. It's called a martial eagle. It's a, it's a big bird. Okay. They hunt very, very small um, antelope, buck, and so on like that. So like the, we've got something called a steen buck, which steen is just wait, the, wait, wait. You're saying a bird hunts, hunts mm-hmm. a mammal. Yes. Yes, it does. And what it does is it breaks its back as it lands on it. So it will come from altitude and hit that animal oh, on the ground and then break its back and then feed on it from, like that. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> that's unbelievable. So, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, if you look at this. Wingspan just insanely big. Yeah, these. big. You know, and if you're looking at like vultures and so on mm-hmm. as well in Africa, there's such a, there's so many variations. And let's say a wildebeest is, just falls behind and dies from natural okay. things. And it, it falls behind the herd and it, it dies. There's different vultures that will come in at different times where they feed on that carcass. For example, they need the, the smaller variations need the big ones to open that carcass up. Got it. Mm. So a hooded vulture is much smaller, so it'll feed in between sort of rib cages and so on, where a white-backed or a Rupel's griffin will come in and open Got that it. carcass up for them. Got it. So birds are just, wow. uh, there's so much in the birding world. It's... It, there's too much for me. Mm. Like you get guys that specifically just do bird photography and they travel the world for it. Oh yeah, it's a big thing. It's a mm-hmm. big thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's yeah. You know, it takes a lot of time and you got to build a lot of knowledge on that side. It's it's pretty intense. It, yeah. It's just amazing to me that they're. I mean, some of the, the wingspans and some of the, I mean, uh, yeah. the. How heavy are those birds? Like, I mean, like weight wise. Um, if you're looking at like. Uh, Let's take a, a white-backed vulture, for example. If the weather, and there's no thermals coming in warm weather, so like hot air rising up, they actually can't fly. They're too heavy. It uses too much no too much energy. Uh, they, they, they solely rely on thermals to be able to use the wind and move and right. find, wow. find carcasses, yeah. So they're not really, they're too heavy to really use their own wings. They ha- if they have to, they will, but it burns a hell of a lot of energy, and that's not efficient in the wild. So are they... Do those predatory birds, are they strictly carnivores? Are they also, can they also eat plant vegetation strictly, too? It's strictly. one or the other. Yeah, it's one or the other. Uh, you have, you, you do find things like, um, I think it's in the Galapagos Islands. Mm. There's a, a vampire finch. A what? A finch? A finch that's yeah. it's called a vampire finch. How big is it? It's probably about that yeah, big. Yeah, I was going to say. And it, there's other, like, I think it's the But blue. it's a carnivore. Yeah, it feeds on fish. Or? Uh, no, on birds. So it'll actually pick and feed on the blood. Oh, get out of another bird that's it's on that a same. Vampire one. finch. A vampire finch. That could be the name of a cool rock band. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <A> vampire finch. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, if you're looking at oxpeckers and so on in Africa, eating ticks. But oh. so they actually eat the ticks off the animal. So it's a what? yeah. So mm-hmm. ticks that on like rhino, giraffe, yeah. that kind of stuff. They, they'll feed on that. Um, if an animal has an open wound, they'll actually keep that wound open. Because why eat the tick and try try digest it that way if you can get blood straight from the source? Oh and bl- that blood is their diet. That's how it works. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is, 
You know a lot. I know he does. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you'll ever go towards the bird photography? Um, yeah, funny enough, that's actually more my dad's side of things. Oh, right um, He's quite into his birding, and my dad's a financial planner with a bird obsession. <laughs> What's it's, wrong with that? That's uh, he loves yeah. it. Yeah. But we also went and saw the shoebill storks in uh, that's a Uganda. Crazy bird. And they're like six feet tall. I wouldn't say six foot, but yeah. They're pretty big. Probably about your height, I'd say. Yeah, yeah what, five, three? Yeah. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Well, your storks can get that big. Yeah, yeah, it's actually not a true stork. It's actually its own kind of bird completely. And yeah, it's, no shit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's prehistoric amazing. Prehistoric looking. Pre- very prehistoric oh, animals and yeah. very endangered as well because of where mm. they live. Um, they live mainly in swamps and so on. So with, with people clearing out these areas to, for farming and so on, a lot of habitat loss. I mean, that, that's really what faces wildlife is habitat, habitat loss. Mm-hmm. That's our biggest problem with conservation. Yeah. But on the bird side with that, they also don't help themselves out a lot of the time. So shoebill stalks will, will lay two eggs. Whoever hatches first is obviously going to be more dominant. Right. And doesn't want to compete with the smaller right. sibling and it will kill that sibling. <gasps> to stop food competition. Don't tell my twins a story. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be tragic. (laughs) Man, Whitney wouldn't be here. <laughs> what what's on tap for you folks? I mean, you are you getting ready to leave again? You just got here. You I just got you. I'm I'm here for roughly two weeks. Um, okay. With yeah, heading out to Jackson Hole on Monday. Right on. Um, yeah, okay. just to go photograph some of your wildlife. I hope to be back in Africa by January. So for a couple months. Oh, right Let's hope this travel thing stays open. Yeah, definitely. Well, Tanzania. Didn't close down. They didn't oh, close okay. down. Yeah, right so, okay. Good. Yeah. We yeah. were able to go in and out there the whole way through awesome. this. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Botswana, South Africa, Tanzania. We're going to Kenya in yeah, March. Kenya, we're actually going to go look for a really cool leopard. It's melanistic, so it's black. Oh. Wow. A black, black leopard, leopard in the wild. So cool. Yeah. We'd, we're actually not guaranteed on seeing so this. That's cool. No. But yeah, we're going to go after it. Um, so you're like your savannah cat that you mm-hmm. spoke about, which we call a serval yeah. in yeah. Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. We went after a melanistic one like that, completely black, and it's in the wild. How cool. Yeah. yeah. So there's and we a found lot. It. There's a lot. And we found it and after three tries. It. We had to go back three times. Yeah. That's amazing. What a yeah. life, man. The, um, before we wrap up, the, yeah. to how besides the website... Um, are there any other points of interest you want to point them to? Because you're both on Instagram, Instagram and the photography's yeah. there. Yes. I mean, yeah. You can get there yeah, from the website. Yes. yes. But well, if you, what, Kyle you, Smith. What is it? At? Kyle Safari Smith. That's and, me. And, your, um, and Jen Travels Africa. Jen Travels. Oh, that's easy enough. <laughs> like, go to the website and you have the links on both of there. If you yeah. go to the About page yeah. of the. It's a very nice website, by the way. Very Thank simple, you. straightforward, Thank right you. to the point. No yeah. fluff, good stuff there. But. For those who are interested in possibly exploring the opportunity of getting yeah. out there, they can do it and contact you through the site as well, too. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Or Instagram Messenger. Instagram or is normally easiest, yeah. Instagram is the it's main amazing. source. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Well, from photography. Yeah. For what you're doing, it's a, perfect, it's a perfect... Um, yeah. Yeah. We need to connect on that today, too. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Safari Smith also has an Instagram page. So, uh, so we have company, our personal yeah. ones, and then we have the company one <laughs> okay. as well. Okay. Well, they can get you through Safari Smith, yeah. too. Yeah. Or the personal. Yeah. Or personal. Absolutely. Yeah. I would love for you to come back... Okay. Anytime. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I could. This could go on for hours. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, we didn't even to... talk about 
all the different animals yeah. so no, much. No, I would, love, I would. I mean, I know you're. I know obviously logistics, and you're traveling the world, so yeah. I understand logistics. But I would love to have you back, even on a regular basis, to talk about okay. everything that you do. It's fascinating Thank to you. me. I really appreciate this. Cool. I mean, this means a yeah, lot. I appreciate being here. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, yeah. Thank just, you. I mean, you, you, you folks did me a favor today. <laughs> <laughs> but please come back okay. for sure. Thank you so much. All right. All right. We yeah. will. And thank you, Katie. No problem. Yeah. Thank you, again. Katie. Great right. friendship. I think you contributed fascinating conversation. You are the reason we're here today. So I will, <laughs> I will, I will, I will never take that friendship for granted. It's not what I do. But it's so nice to meet you. And I feel like I have two new friends now. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You betcha. That's great. All right, friends. Awesome. We're out. <laughs> Hello, you're listening to the Eric McKenna Project.